Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to Worcester Culture Watch. I'm your host, Victor Infante. I'm here, entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and content editor for Worcester Magazine. And I think I'm the shrubbery editor, editor now for the Holden Landmark. <laughs> um, I, I Let's critique. throw a couple more titles on you. Do you think uh, you have enough? Let's do it. Let's see. Let's see. I, 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 I think I can take two or three more before this is all done. Right, right. Right. I, you know, they've, hi- they've, they've fired me from Bay State Parent, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> but um, good. okay, so I am here with Worcester Magazine reporter Bill Shaner. Hi, yes. Bill. Hello, hello. How are you? And we're going to talk for a few minutes. We'll be talking to Richard Duckett later in the hour. But I'm right now. We're going to talk two of my favorite things: comic books and soccer. Yeah, right, right. That's uh, that's sort of the theme of uh, of the Worcester Magazine issue this week. I'd say. I'd say so, definitely. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, it touches on two. St- the Worcester World Cup touches on two stories in the. Yeah. Uh, right, right, for sure, and um, I, I, um, I think I, I've just like really like enamored with the with the story you wrote, sort of in the first person, almost like an essay here, on the on the the comic book. Thank you. Uh, the comic book thing. I love the the lead. Um, just showing why it matters to you, and then the essential question, which is just so vexing to me, is how how are comic books not like. They're simultaneously not doing well, and they're not ever going to go anywhere. It's true. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's it, like, if you look, there's so many more comic book stores than independent bookstores everywhere, and I, the, but, but they're, never, they're never doing well. Like, the, the stats you have in here about uh, uh, Forbes saying it's down like 1% uh, in dollars from 2017 and 6% in volume. volume. And that's the more concerning number. Right, right. But... It like the, the you have the the general manager of Vatsy saying you know nah we're fine. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and I, I and I have to admit like that's entertainment is probably more the exception than the rule. But, probably, yeah. And for the longest time, that's entertainment was the only independent bookstore in Worcester. Right, right. I mean, that's, that's a weird thought. Yeah, I mean, no. and they sell real books there. You can buy real books that my book used to be on sale there. Right. Um, I think they're out. I've got to do something about that. But um, bring him over a new truckload. I know, and he, I think I need new, more copies myself. <laughs> but um, you know, like now we've got Bedlam Books. Now we've got Root and Press. Right. We've you know, plus there's like Annie's in the for the use, really used bookstore, mm-hmm. funky old used bookstore feel. There's no, I've others, never been there, but I've never always been wanted to. Yeah, Annie's. I love Annie's. Yeah, Annie's Bookstop is this weird ramshackle like. You'll never find anything you're looking for there, but you will find things you didn't know you needed. Right, right. Okay. Unless you're looking for Doctor Who memorabilia, in which case they have all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but were you a comic book guy or are you a comic book guy? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love um, uh, like 90s Vertigo comics are some of my favorite. And I've, I've been really into uh, what Image has been doing lately. Uh, with uh, with with Saga and oh, Paper Sagas. Girls, and uh, I also like Black Mask, uh, which is like a sort of a newer indie comic book thing that's doing some really interesting stuff. But yeah, if I had to say my my interest in comic books uh, uh, go from Paper Girls to Transmetropolitan, and oh, I, I just sort of I love that lane. I'm not so much on the superhero tip. I have friends that are like have every issue of every superhero comic basically but i've always been more about like the the more 
storytelling uh, comic books. Well, and definitely, to. and I've, I, I bet I have gotten more conservative with a small C in my buying these days, mostly. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, hey, I'm on a newspaper man's salary. Yeah. <laughs> I can't buy $300 worth of comic books. I right, just right. can't. Um, I go to that C about <laughs> once a month. Yeah, I, I probably don't go quite even that often anymore, but yeah. I still, you know, I still, I, I still read my old comics. Right. And now right. I'm more prone to buying a graphic novel than I am, you know, a um, single issue these days. Oh, yeah. I, I almost never buy a single issue unless it's like a new book that I'm excited about. Like, a, yeah. I like the author's old work. Yeah. And yeah. Saga is one of the ones, you know, that I've been following in trade. And it's yeah. really just a wonderful story. That was one that came up a few times. And this Walking Dead, of course, came up a few oh, times. Oh, yeah. Right. I think Walking Dead was single handedly led to like a. a a whole renaissance where people were like, wow, you really can tell amazing stories with comics. And I think it spurred a whole new um, interest in the medium. Yeah. And one of the fun things about the story was getting to talk brief, at least briefly to Andy Fish and his wife, Veronica Fish, um, who do um, Sabrina comics mm-hmm. amongst yeah. other, their own titles too. You right. know. But that's probably the most famous thing that they work on. It's funny. Andy used to work in the composition room here at the Telegram. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, like funny. a million years ago, yeah, like right. way back when I started. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So that so that was fun and like this weird. It's like well, they're doing this and they're still doing kind of in the Archie's version, like traditional Archie's version. And mm. but the, the version of Sabrina that's on Netflix is much darker, much more adult oriented, and. We're kind of in this world where these stories have fractaled throughout the culture. I'm just fascinated by it. Right. Yeah, it's true. And and I'm always kind of perplexed by just how many like movie and cable titles now have comic books. Like not just comic book movies, but yeah. other movies have comic books now where it's like I don't understand who buys those, but it seems like I've, a lot of people do. I have bought them over time. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when a TV show, for instance, that I really loved ran out, you know, that I would pick up Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics. Or right, right. I would pick, uh, I have a friend who works at a comic book store in Boston and, he says his least favorite type of customer is the one who comes in who just wants to buy Buffy because they are almost <laughs> obnoxious with it. And I, it's like, I am so sorry. I understand. <laughs> they are of my tribe, and I apologize yeah, on their right, behalf. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, so other things like that. Mm. You know, there's always been a long history of those. The Star Wars comic actually, first Star Wars comic actually came out before the movie. Right. That's, <laughs> wait. A little bit, yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it was so a pack, like, it was a pack a promotional deal. Oh wow! So the first That's issue funny. actually came out before the movie. <laughs> so yeah, fun fact. People yeah. forget that. Interesting. So yeah. like people were picking up this comic and they saw this movie. It's like what is Star Wars? Oh man! So, anyways, that's on the cover today. I hope people enjoy it. Um, it's a yeah, fun, it's a weird story. world and weird look into my head, which is always an interesting, yeah, strange I, place. I think you're 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 uh, you're you're anteing up on the commitment to make uh, this new iteration of Worcester Magazine as weird as possible. I am I am committed and to I, this. Uh, I I respect that. <laughs> I am committed to weirdness. I like it. You've bent the knee to weird well mag. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, this is I, I'm a, I'm an old alt weekly guy before I was a daily guy, right, and right. that's that's where I came up in, and it's always where my instinct's going to be is to make things strange excellent <laughs> well i'm just so delighted to hear that yeah i'm also delighted i want to take a, like a minute here to talk about the worcester world cup coming up here because that this is a wonderful little story and i'm just always very very impressed with this event and the people that are 
Yeah, it's like a remarkably large event. Yeah, like their their turnout figures. They're expecting almost two thousand five hundred, three thousand people. Right. I mean, between the players and the the people coming out, it's three thousand people are going to be at Foley Field this not this weekend, but the next weekend, August 9th to eleventh. Right, um, and it's all the the players are all Worcester residents, but they're all f- representing nationalities from around the world. Yeah, right. So there's the all the teams are nationality based, uh, and for, on the men's side, there are sixteen teams. And teams are not a small amount of people. I think it's like 24 people on a soccer team. And it's all full regulation soccer, so they have to have two full lineups. And uh, so that's 24 soccer players from anywhere like Cambodia, Cambodia, Iraq, Togo, which is actually a company I had to look up. I mean, a company. (laughs) A a country country I had to look up. Sorry, Only the United States is a company. Yeah, right, 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 right. (laughs) Okay, maybe Canada. Yeah. No, a country. Uh, a little tired today. Excuse me, but um, yeah, I, uh, and I, I just think I think it's so cool, and I, and I, I love the whole festive atmosphere of it. That there's vendors uh, doing food from uh, cultures around the world, and they do little face painting with flags for the kids. Oh, and, it's wonderful. Yeah, and uh, I I really think that you know Worcester has a huge audience for soccer. But we don't really think about soccer in Worcester. Well, ever. that's the thing, and I mean, I mean, I've talked to reporters downstairs with you know kids, and yeah. you know, and they're like, "Well, it's like my son plays soccer, but where does he go after that?" You know, and they they lose their interest in a lot of ways because there's no right, there's nothing, no path after that after youth sport soccer. True, true, yeah, and, the, and I mean that's. I think it's a problem of infrastructure mm-hmm. in Worcester where we got a lot of fields. We don't have a lot of fields. Do we have a lot of do we even have like baseball there? I mean, not, I mean, basketball hoops. There's some, I mean, the Crompton park has some, uh, the, the park on Cambridge street that I can't remember the name of has some, but it feels uh, like there should be more. Yeah. Like this. I I know this out of the blues. (laughs) No, no, I, 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 I bet if you talk to basketball players in the city, they'd agree with you. Um, but yeah, it, it, there is a problem of infrastructure in Worcester that, that it's very hard to get a, a pickup league or a pickup game even going, uh, just because th- the fields that re- are required. So like soccer needs a pretty big field, like a foot, yeah, at least a football field. Um, so it's just it's tough. So yeah. they're they're behind the scenes. There are people working to try to get the city to build more fields that could. Work, work for soccer, and it really feels like this is the moment for that sort of. I would say so, sort of thing. I mean, the success of the women's World Cup, the success of the women's <laughs> World Cup, um, just the 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 cultural wave of like uh, American people embracing soccer. I don't. I think that we're on, just on the the starting crest of that wave. I, I don't think it even has come and gone yet, but it's becoming a much more popular sport. All right, and you know, and if we we get kids, you know. Playing now, America's men's team might actually qualify for the World Cup next time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I haven't let that go. There are literally three people in the Telegram newsroom who care about world, the World Cup. And yeah, right. right. <laughs> and we've all lived overseas, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah I, I think that that is a thing: is you have to see how amped other people are on soccer to understand. It. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you go to a soccer game in England, and it's a yeah. much different experience than you know. Right, you're liable to just get beaten. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It's, it's very true. Yeah. No, I played. I played um, a couple seasons for my college's soccer team, and I was terrible. <laughs> Sorry, like barely ever made the field. But um, like we were playing like at a men's prison and, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> it was a minimum security prison, but yeah, oh, it was still awesome. weird. Yeah, I'm sure. Still cool, but yeah, it's like it was just one of those things where it was everywhere. 
So it's like very odd being back here and not, you know, I've been back here 20 something years now, but, right. but yeah, very odd seeing that here. So I'm happy to, I'm happy for this. I'm really happy for this growth and I hope it continues. Yeah. I, and I think it, it definitely will. And, uh, one of like uh, good closing note, the quote I love so much, and I just want to pull it up here about soccer as a game. Um, that unites people is just, I just love it. I just want to read it if we can. Oh yeah. The sport itself is the power to transcend different languages, cultures, cultures, groups, social classes, religions, said Manny Reyes, an event organizer. Uh, it just brings people together through the beautiful game. doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone is enjoying themselves and having fun. Uh, Isn't that just like the perfect sentiment you want from sports? Definitely. That, that is what sports is supposed to be all about, right? Right. Right. All right. On that note, thank you very much. Yeah, thank we'll you. be back in a moment, but for now, this is Eddie Japan.
And we're back. You have been listening to Summer Hair by Eddie Japan. Please check out their album, The Amorous Adventures of Edward Japan, Side One, available now online everywhere you buy music. Now, I am here in the studio with Mr. Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. How are you today? Hi, Victor. Very good. Good. And you've got a few things going on in the world of Worcester Arts and Entertainment, I see. Um, what's, what's on the horizon for us here? Well, um, in terms of Indian Ranch, we've got Cheap Trick coming. Excellent. Um, uh, it's 40 years ago, actually, that they had their big breakthrough album, um, Cheap Trick at Budokan, which was in Tokyo. <laughs> and it was in Japan that uh, Cheap Trick first took off. Um, they had a couple of albums released here. Uh, I mean, they're from Rockford, Illinois, um, but um, they did so-so. But in Japan, they were absolutely sensational and um, sort of on a par with the Beatles all of a sudden. And um, That's got to be such a bizarre effect. And I know they're not the last musician that that's happened to. They're maybe not even the first to suddenly find themselves big in Japan, as the Tom Waits song goes. Right, yeah. So they... Um, they made an album, a live album, out of a couple of shows that they did at uh, at the Budokan in Tokyo, um, and released it as an album, and then the album took off here. Um, yeah, which is funny because that's that's actually the version of "I Want You to Want Me" that most people know. Yeah, we have when a live when version. they're thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's which is so rare. It's usually the studio version is the one everybody knows and. People love or hate the live versions of things, but that was the one that took off. Anyways, that's a fairly exciting thing. I have a so- we were talking earlier. I have a soft spot for Cheap Trick in my in my youth. Yes, yeah. Well, they stayed pretty much together. Which I mean, given that they were founded in 1973, actually, I mean, uh, uh, the lineup's been pretty pretty uh, stable. Yeah, some of these bands, it's maybe one or two people. Yes, <laughs> the originals right. and the rest right. are playing with them. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I interviewed um, Rick Nielsen, who's uh, seventy now, and um, he—they he, he, still know how to put a single together. They—they um, have uh, the "Summer's Looking Good on You" is their latest single, and uh, sounds pretty good, actually. Well, excellent. I'm glad. It's always—I'm always happy to see bands like that when they're putting out new work that's actually good. Because sometimes you know they're yeah. putting oh, out—you yeah. can tell that the band is right. going through the motions. And yeah, yeah, no, no, they're. Uh, they're still in demand. They've got a very busy touring schedule, and I think uh, an album will be coming out in due course, a new one. So. Well, excellent. I'm looking forward to that. And now we're going to talk a little bit about theater, as I understand it. Yes, summer theater, um, which ain't what it used to be around no. here, um, which is, however, not to take away from a couple of productions that are opening uh this weekend, uh, as I speak on Thursday, August the 1st, um, over at um, Holy Name uh, High School, where Vanilla Box Productions always mm-hmm. sets up shop every summer, um, they're, going, they're about to open with uh, The Music Man, um, beginning August 2nd, and uh, there will be performances uh, through um, uh, August 10th. And interesting cast includes uh, a Dr. Charlotte Delaney, who's in a fourth-year residency at the UMass uh, Medical Center. And she has um, the lead female role, the librarian, and um, is very good, apparently. I mean, uh, I was reading reviews of her, and um, 
of her previous performances in community theater, and everybody says she's got a great singing voice, great actress, great presence. In fact, she um, tested the waters of professional theater in New York City, uh, but then decided it wasn't for her and went back to her interest of um, medicine. And um, she is... uh, specialist in pediatrics and internal medicine um, and somehow it's the time to do the that, music that, man. I um, cannot imagine being able to juggle those two careers because <laughs> theater is theater is demanding and medicine is one of the few things that's even more demanding. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but, um, well, she's apparently thriving on it. Uh, there every, you go. Everybody in the show loves her. So, um, and of course, People love The Music Man because, believe it or not, there has been another production of The Music Man going on uh, this summer. I'm trying to find a tr- Trouble in River City joke here, and it's just not coming to me, so just assume I was hilarious. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the Hanover Theatre Youth Summer Program just had uh, its first teen session, mm-hmm. and they're doing The Music Man this summer, so they just had performances of that, but there are... There's more to come. Uh, the second uh, youth session will be putting on uh, The Music Man August 16th uh, and 17th. And then its preteen group will be doing The Music Man Junior on August the 10th. That's so, a lot of music, that's man. A lot, that's a lot of trouble in, uh, <laughs> in River City, you know. But uh, begins with teen. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. It's going to be stuck in my head now forever. But... Um, <laughs> So uh, obviously the music uh, certainly holds up. Um, it was it was uh, Doctor Delaney who actually pointed out to me that um, the one and only Beatles song from a Broadway show is um, from the Music Man. Till there was you, which uh, was sung oh. by Paul McCartney. Um, I actually never really realized that. I think I I must have known that at some point, but I. I that, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until she pointed it out to me. I feel like I should have known that, but yeah, wow. Yeah, she's exactly right. Yeah, so. Um, and also, uh, opening up uh, this this weekend, for two weekends, is um, the Regatta Players. Uh, they always put on a good uh, summer show. And this year they're doing uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is... Always a fun one. Which is uh, the musical version of the 1988 movie, um, which is about um, two two rotters, cads, bounders, who dis- who, who agree that uh, the Riviera town, they're um, fleecing people, women, of women, of course, um, their money out of, um, but one of them has to go. And so this town's they, too small for the two of them. <laughs> so they, they make a bet on which one will be the first to extract $50,000 from American heiress uh, Christine Colgate. Um, but... Ah, the joke might well be on them. Who knows? Uh, But anyway, that show runs uh, August 2nd, 3rd, 10th, and 11th um, at the Flanagan Theatre in Southgate at Shrewsbury. Now, normally this time of year, we would be talking about the Worcester Shakespeare Company. Yeah. but that's something that's not happening this year, um, which is uh, which is a pity. Um, they've been a mainstay um, 
first of all at Green Hill Park for several summers, and then uh, since 2012 they were at Alternatives Unlimited in Whitensville, but now they're uh, on hiatus. And mm. um, so who knows? Who knows when they might come back? And. Uh, it does bring back the thought that um, there was more summer theatre going on here um, a few years ago. Admittedly, you know, I'm going back a few years, but uh, uh, the former Worcester Forum Theatre and then Red Feather Theatre Company, which became the Worcester Shakespeare Company, um, put on outdoor productions uh, at Green Hill Park uh, regularly. Um, um, also, Forum Pride are moving to Green Hill Park, put on put on shows at Bancroft Tower Park. Um, and it's a shame to see those go. Um, Worcester Shakespeare Company would also um, come to Worcester Common Oval and put on at least one or two uh, yep. nights of, uh, of of their shows in addition, yep. addition to alternatives. So um, uh, it's a pity to see that go. It's a lot of hard work um, at Green Hill Park. I know that uh, they had to put the set up and strike it every day, you know? So, yeah, I remember uh, that. so that makes, that makes for a very long day. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's hard to find uh, people with the time and the energy to sustain that for any, any yeah, I think the time. last one I, I saw there was as you like it, I want to say, and it was always very weird to see them having to pull everything down and pack it up as, yeah, yeah as you yeah. were leaving at, you know, dusk. Right. Right. But there is uh, an interesting new outdoors um, production coming up oh. later on, uh, going in September thirteenth, twentieth, twenty seventh, October fourth, uh, at Broadmeadow Brook. It's called an American Night's Dream, which is a modern take on Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. Huh. So it's brand new. Um, so I'll be look, it's being put on by Campfire Theatre. Uh, I'll be looking into that further down the road because it's still um, August 1st as I'm talking now and it's not opening till September 13th. But uh, that sounds quite uh, interesting and promising. Definitely. Um, that definitely sounds intriguing, if nothing else. Right. But of course, um, what people have done for many years is um, also look elsewhere for their summer theatre. Mm. Williamstown uh, Theatre Festival uh, is a big one, and uh, right now they've got ghosts going on uh, with um, Uma Thurman in the cast. Um, Shakespeare and Company out in Lennox, also in the Berkshires, um, has... Um, um, the Merry Wives of Windsor going on, which is an uh, interesting play, um, has been called one of Shakespeare's dogs, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, there are people who like it and um, it can be amusing if done, if done, if done right. Um, and in Boston, uh, they're finishing up with Cymbeline at the uh, Boston Common. Um, so there's some um, stuff going on. Excellent. Well, uh, there's a lot to look forward to, to until the Broadway series comes back at the Hanover, then, <laughs> which is always going to be yeah. a high point. And that won't be that won't be, that'll, that'll be in September. September. So that's coming up. Uh, it'll be here before you know it, really, with a beautiful Carol mm. King musical. I'm excited about that. I like that. Uh, that's that is that's an intriguing show. It just uh, the idea. I don't understand how these shows that are basically a, a single performer effectively, basically. 
you know, basically performing what is effectively a concert, though. I mean, I know there's more to it than that, but I just, they intrigue that. I, that idea intrigues me because, you know, I love Carol King's music and this learning more about it would be interesting, but I'm just fascinated by this idea of, of somebody stepping into that role of that person. Yeah. Well, Carol King uh, is one that's worked. It's been, it's yeah. very popular. Uh, Others maybe not so much. It's spawned quite a few others now. The share one didn't do very well in Broadway. Exactly right, and uh, the Donna Summer one was was well received, but um, maybe uh, the law of diminishing returns uh, will start to set in on this sort of show. Um, but um, Beautiful Carol King is is one of the best ones. Well, there we go. That's something to look forward to. On that note, I think it's a good note to wrap things up on. Again, you have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. As always, our music has been composed by DJ Manipulator. We'll be back hopefully next week. Thanks and good night.